evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we're going to recap a very big win over Indy 11. We're going to do our, our standard uh, X new York Red Bull 2 report, uh, talking about uh, Adams, uh, Tyler Adams and um, Tim Parker getting called up to the national team and who might uh, take their place. Then we're going to talk to Brian White in our interview section. We're going to preview the match against FC Cincinnati and talk about their big news from today, uh, and then go through some topics around USL. A lot to unpack, my friends. A lot. And some heavy stuff. I'm not going to lie. A little foreshadowing, but but some heavy stuff. Joining me tonight, uh, those who of you who are in the know, know that we are now a Mercedless podcast. He is no longer welcome here, and uh, we're going to keep it that way. So tonight, joining me, we've got Joe Steen of Once a Metro. Hey, Joe Steen, how you doing? Great. How are you? I'm very well. I, you know, I realized I don't think I've introduced you <laughs> as Joe Steen of Once a Metro uh, any of the times that you've hosted. So I apologize. Uh, that's okay. I mean, you know, you've introduced me on the show as Joe Steen of Once a Metro. So I mean, that's what counts. Yeah. And I, hey, look, I get the name right. That's the most important part. It's almost my exact name, but I remember it. Yeah, that's how you remember it, probably. <laughs> and of course, uh, along with Joe Steen, we've got Bill Toomey of Bill Toomey Photography. Hello, Bill. Show, how you doing? It's good to be back after a Rebels 2 win. Yeah, we haven't been able to say that in about a month, I think. It's been a while. Actually, more than that. It's been yeah. a long time. <sighs> and... Uh, I was asked to clarify a little bit of uh, the Merced drama, so I just want to touch on that very quickly. I'm not going to go into specifics uh, because I don't think you know that's necessarily the right thing to do to air our dirty laundry. Uh, but uh, there were some disagreements uh, happening, and uh, things maybe got a little too personal. And I decided that it was time to to move on from him because uh, he could sometimes just be this sort of toxic personality. Do you guys hear that? Yeah, what, what is that? What is I, that? I don't know what that is. That's not like one of your phones or something? What's going on? No. Uh, no. I got, I got my phone on silent. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Oh, my God. Why, why, why? It is I. The horn of Freelander has sounded. And it is I, Anthony Merced. Here to return to Raising Bulls. The horn of... How the hell are you doing, Joe? Uh, I missed you. How do we get him off? What's happening? Why? why what, what are you doing here? Why is he See, back? you can't get rid of me this time because I've hacked my way into the Skype call and actually none of you can hang up. So this show is actually going to end whenever I decide it ends because let's let, let's be honest here. Everybody just listens for me, right? Oh my God. You're such a villain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's why they made the you know the mute button. I'm being, yeah, yeah. We're being held hostage by uh, a a wild Merced. Uh, hey, 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 Joe. So, so why have you duplicated yourself on this Skype call um, and named yourself after a a, um, a pretty subpar pro wrestler? <laughs> I don't know how to answer that, Anthony. I don't. What 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 do I do with you? How do I what what am I doing right now? I, I don't know what are you doing, but... Uh, oh, oh, my God, that's a real person. Oh, it's Joe Steen. Hey, Joe. I like Joe. Have I ever told you how much I like Joe Steen? Oh, man. 
Uh, Joe, I'm you, really, uh, you, you uh, hmm. I feel like I feel like right now I I just you know, got caught you know? like cheating on a girlfriend or something. But uh, Joe Joe's the new host, Anthony. He's he's taking your place. Sure, wink, wink. He's the new host. I know. I, I'm in on this. It's okay. All right. Well, I guess I'll figure out a way to block you next week. But uh, we we need to start going through this stuff. So. Uh, Let's talk about the the win this weekend. Uh, Indy 11 comes to town. They take the lead early in the first half on basically uh, a perfectly played uh, counterattack. Uh, Suni Saad buries the, the, the ball. The, everything came against the run of play. And I think, you know, maybe there's a, a feeling around Red Bull Arena uh, that here we go again. It's another team that, that Red Bull have trouble breaking down despite the amount of possession and passes that they have. Uh, and they get caught on the counterattack. Steen, what do you think was was the big factor in them turning this game around? Well, those of us who were at the game, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I think the big turnaround was they just kept pressing forward. I mean, you know, they got they got a bit a little bit of luck. Uh, you know, bad turnovers. You know, helped them on two uh, two goals. I mean, obviously Rivas's penalty was caused off a bad turnover and the handball in the box. Um, but they they stayed patient. You know, they you know Wolniak uh, touched on it after the game. You know, they stayed with their game plan. You know, they knew they were controlling the game even you know if they weren't on the scoreboard in the first half. But I mean, you know, they just stayed with it and you know they they pressed them well they forced them into some turnovers they got the couple goals and then as soon as it seemed to get they got that first goal they it just ran away from there and then you know they looked on they looked on after the first goal sure uh, the, the floodgates definitely opened i think a big part of that attack uh, had to do with the way that andrew tadari played that uh that playmaker role he was key to the press that forced a lot of those turnovers he kept the ball in the attacking third uh, with some shrewd play and sort of lunging at times. Uh, and it, it made a big difference. Brian White scores off of a horrific, horrific turnover uh, by uh, the Indy 11 back line. And like you said, you know, the wheels kind of fell off. They immediately follow that up, getting that penalty kick for Carlos Rivas, uh, who's Whoa, shot. We, 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 got, we got to talk about a serious question here. This, this goes to you, Joe Goldstein. Oh boy. Here we go. What was worse? This India eleven turnover for the for the Brian White goal or Carius's um, mess up throwing the ball right into the foot of uh, of Kareem Benzema. So look, I was saying Carlos Rivas takes a shot from outside the box. It hits. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. Remember, I think it was Brad Rusin's arm, uh, and they get the penalty kick. They go up two to one. Things are are rocking and rolling. They go up a man, uh, and then the wheels fall off for India eleven. So. I don't necessarily think that this was just a product of uh, Indy beating themselves, although they they certainly uh, did their share with those turnovers. Uh, but I think Red Bull really had their foot on the pedal. Some uh, notes from this match: thirty shots in this in this game. Insane. What is it with them in shots this year? I mean, yeah, I mean crazy amount. Especially at home, they've just been. I, I mean, except the Nashville game, they've been on top of teams at home. That's the one thing you could say about this team 100%, this year. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and that's been, I think, you know, a big part of why they're undefeated right now. They are just you know, peppering teams, uh, and I, I'm not sure why that's not happening on the road. So we gotta, we gotta talk to them about that over the next couple. Well, of weeks. that was that was that was the story last year. Too. Yeah, exactly. That. that that's true. Uh, this is the third time uh, Red Bull Two has scored four goals in a half this season. <laughs> 
ridiculous. So if they could, if they could do this on the road, it would be so good. Indy at the time of, of the match had conceded the least goals in USL. Uh, and their, their goalkeeper had five shutouts in his nine starts and the Red Bulls just tore them open. Sounds like a lot like Jose Mourinho's Manchester United team. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You guys won the exact same amount of trophies that my team did. Zero. How much more did you spend than us? Oh, all right, all right. Settle down, settle down. I Look, mean, we none of us anyway, like but percent. You, but you know what's, But but uh, going back to the game here, because you know I like to keep things on topic. Um, <laughs> the uh, it, it is interesting to note that this team scored four goals without Stefano Bonomo, who I think has been quite. Uh, absent of late during these, this draw stretch in regards to his offensive output. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, are we seeing Rivas as being... I mean, look, we know Rivas is going to be playing some games while uh, Etienne and a bunch of other players are on international duty. But um, is, is this going to be the guy that's going to do the heavy lifting heading into the USL playoffs? I don't think so. I Because, look, I think Rivas... He did enough in this match to cause some problems, but there was a lot of bad surrounding that. So... I think even though he's got experience and that can help lead the team, I don't necessarily see him as the guy that that's going to help push the team forward. It is interesting to note, like you said, that, you know, Bonomo wasn't in this match and the offense got back to, to rolling the way that they did. You know, a month ago, I was asking that very same question. Is there a, a way to get Brian White and Stefano Bonomo on the pitch? And I think, you know, we're getting that answer that they, they don't necessarily click together. Uh, they're, they're, going for essentially the same position and you know it, unfortunately one of those guys has to be sacrificed bill how much time does bonomo have to show to show his worth on to, to the first team at this point um i think he showed it last year enough, yeah i think i think he gets yeah. a little bit of leeway for sure bill is is brian white the guy now uh, is Stefano Bonomo, a thing of the past. Is this happening again for the third straight season that the the main striker of the team is being uh, <laughs> replaced? I mean, it's it it could be it could be possible because if Bonomo does go up to the first team, if that does happen, then Brian White's going to step right up there, and he's already had a few good goals this year, and I think we'll hopefully be seeing more of them. Well, uh, look, has he earned a, a, a look with the first team? Because he's had some difficult performances of late, and there's definitely a confidence issue. I think uh, you could have seen that in the Beth Steele game with the way that he just waited forever to take that shot uh, when he had the ball in the box. I mean that that's important too. But last year, I think he definitely earned his spot. But this year, it's kind of been off to a little bit of a rocky start. So, fair hard All to right. say. I, I I think Tom Barlow might earn some. Oh yeah, we, have, we absolutely have to talk um, about him. I mean. You touched on this at the game on on Sunday. He's pretty fast for his size. I mean, you know, he, you know, especially the fact that, uh, you know, he took his goal pretty well. I mean, you know, hit the crossbar and then followed it up pretty well. And I mean, you could see him earn some playing time too. I mean, yeah, have some have some depth on this on this striker and their strikers definitely. And they they need a big body like that. I think they're they're undersized at a lot of positions. Uh, as good as Andrew Tanari is, he's not exactly uh, towering over anyone. And you got guys like uh, Ben Mines and Amanda Moreno, and you know Jared Stroud. I think is a little bit taller, obviously, uh, so that has helped. But uh, you know, generally the only big bodies were on the back line, and that makes set pieces a little bit difficult. 
quick note, did like what I saw from Strad and Moreno when he came on, especially Moreno running at the defense. Uh, they definitely need someone who could do that. Strad looked good, but I, you know, I think he's got a lot of room to grow in terms of uh, his first touch and decision making. You know, <laughs> right before he assisted on the Moreno goal, I said to yeah. you, Jared, make the run. <laughs> <laughs> that cross was gorgeous, though. It that was. was like, it was so nice. And and how about this, Jared Stroud now leading Red Bull two with three assists. Uh, Weird that's right, things. they won against Atlanta, which we didn't get to see. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The the game that maybe happened, maybe didn't. Schrodinger's USL game. Okay, let's talk it about was, the it match. Was shot, it was shot in a fisheye lens. <laughs> I don't get the reference, but I'm laughing. I don't know why. Because you're talking no, about that full, they, they, that full field view. They did view. release yeah. the game. Yeah, that's true. It was a And awful, it looked like they shot it in a fisheye lens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, let's talk man of the match. Uh, I guess I'll start with you, Anthony. I'm definitely going Brian White. I think without that, taking advantage of that mistake, this this might have been either a loss or another draw. Joe Steen. Uh, it has to be Christian Caceres for me. Really locked down that midfield. Uh, we talked about him last week and the fact that, you know, we didn't think he was quite ready to, for the first team, you know, get into that Tyler Adams role, but I he had a really, really good game and I really liked what I saw from him. Yeah, I was I don't ever disagree when, with me again, Joe. <laughs> I like when players can shut us up with their their play. That's always a good time. Bill. I'm gonna agree with Joe Steen on this one. I think uh Caceres has some room to come up to the first team too, especially with all the call ups that are uh about to go down. So Yeah. That's very true. Bill, you're supposed to be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> that was before Anthony <laughs> Yeah, it was. <laughs> Hashtag Mercedes. Don't worry, you're still my friend. There's a ten dollar bill Hashtag. in your pocket right now. <laughs> Hashtag uh, Mercedes out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give this to Andrew Tenari because I think he was a big part of the way that the game changed in the second half. Just his energy and work rate. And putting in uh the hard work and making sure that the, the little details were taken care of. Like I mentioned there was a the moment I think it was leading up to the handball, uh, the ball is, is rolling up at the top of the box. It looks like Indy 11 is going to be able to get up to it and clear it. Tanari ran his butt off, slid, kept the play alive, and you know they get another opportunity out out of it. And one thing that we didn't talk about in that match, but we were talking about at the match, Jostein, uh, was the way that. Uh, Tanari, Caceres, and um, Lima played together, which was something that we had said last week that we wanted to see. We got to see it, and yep. immediately good returns. So hopefully we get to see some uh, consistency there. Okay, moving on. We've got the ex-Red Bull 2 report, the ex-New York Red Bull 2 report. A lot of uh, folks were off this week, so I'm just going to skip the ones that aren't playing and, and move on. Noah Powder, uh, he was not in the 18 for OCSC's 3-0 win over Fresno. Dan Metzger started and played 90 minutes in a uh, terrifically boring match, a 0-0 draw with Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Uh, he earned a yellow card in that. Dilly Duca started. I don't know how long he played. It's hard to get uh, stats on FC Motown. Uh, but he started in a 4-0 win over Junior Lone Star FC, whoever that is. Uh Junior Flemings started, played 90 minutes, scored twice his first two goals of the season in a 4-2 win over uh, TFC2. That was their new head coach's first win. 
Uh, Brandon Allen came off the bench and played 24 minutes in Nashville's 1-1 draw with Charleston. Corey Herzog started and played 68 minutes in St. Louis FC's 3-0 loss to the Colorado Springs Switchbacks. Uh, Kyle Rainish was in that 3-0 loss to OCSE. Uh, Zach Carroll, this was, I think, a really big and important match. Uh, he started and played 90 minutes in Reno 1868 FC's uh, win, 2-1 win over uh, San Antonio FC. And he, is, he was the captain of the squad that night. So congrats, Zach Carroll. A big win over a uh, a sleeping giant. And Reno is back at the top of the table. Well, not at the top of the table, but in the top of the table. Uh, Conrad Pleva did not play in Real Monarchs uh, one nothing loss to Portland Timbers 2. Speedy Williams started, played 90 minutes over this week's opponent, uh, FC Cincinnati. Louisville won 2 nothing. He picked up a yellow card in that game. Mike DeFonta started and played 90 minutes in Phoenix Rising's one nothing loss to the Swope Park Rangers. Carl, we met, we know. Uh, he lost 4-1 to to Red Bull 2. It was good to see him. Uh, Mark de Grand Prix gave him a big hug before the match, so that was nice to see. And obviously, uh, you know, some of the guys around, mostly the staff and uh, some of the Red Bull 1 players who were at the match, uh, went over and said hello to him. So that was good. Uh, Zico Lewis did not play. He was not in the 18 for uh, FH Hafnarf Yardar's 1-1 draw with Filker. <laughs> F-Y-L-K-I-R. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Marius Obakop was also not in the 18 for CS Lucifero Ordea's 4-1 win over Stienta Miroslava. And that's it. That's the end of the report. No, no, no. That's not it. That what is you it. you guys don't know is that I was actually on my way to the game, <gasps> but I got stopped because I ran into Leo Stoltz trying to sell me a Trudeau on the subway. Oh, this and is mean. <laughs> I got to talk to him for a little bit, and he, he really kind of, you know, broke things down for me. There you go. Um, but, you know, he, he told me to keep it off the record, so I can't say it here. All right. All right. I'll just have to take your word for it. Um, let's very quickly talk about uh, Tyler Adams and Tim Parker are going to be called up to the U.S. national team. Uh, it was confirmed by the Red Bulls via press release. So uh, we're going to need to be looking at players taking their places. Obviously, for Tim Parker, the, uh, the uh, answer will be at least uh, in theory, will be uh, Aurelian Colin stepping in for him. But is it possible Ooh. we might see Hassan and Dom uh, during this? No. No? Well, not at all. Why? Uh-huh. I have to agree with Anthony. Hey, I, over the last couple of games, I thought he's looked pretty good. I always I knew two. you were my friend, Bill. <laughs> I, I have two, um, but I don't think this is a bad thing. Uh, we saw last year after he went up to the first team and got a little bit of you know experience, you know, talking to those guys and training with those guys. Uh, he came back down and did really well with Jordan Scarlett to close the season. That's true. And uh, let's not forget, there's a ton of matches over this stretch that they're going to be gone, including a midweek Open Cup game against NYCFC. So, I mean, you can't expect Long and... and um, Colin to play every one of those matches. I mean, I guess we're you could. About MLS games here. We're not. We're not talking about U.S. Open Cup games on YouTube. Like oh, we're, we're talking boy. about like meaningful games here. Okay, but you're going to have to put out a squad for that match, right? Is it going to sure. be a squad and, and that includes that game? Okay. okay, but like, but but like MLS games, you you don't put him out there. Because here's my fear. So this weekend, Red Bulls are playing uh, in New England, right? Uh, not a great surface to play on. Aurelian Colin has an injury history now and was out for a majority of last season uh, with 
whatever nagging injury he had, it's kind of a risky thing to throw him out on that field. So I'm just saying, I think that you are asking for trouble if you put him out there against New England. So well, that's what I mean. So who else would play there except for Hassan and Dumb, Tommy Redding? You can bring Tommy Redding back in. He hasn't played in I, I, in two I, months. I think you 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 pull a Toronto and you put a midfielder back there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's who's fun. who's the midfielder that you're putting back there? Vincent Bezicourt? No, you put Sean Davis back there and play Vincent Bezicourt up front. <laughs> Actually, Sean Davis as a center back wouldn't be a terrible thing. I think he could do a pretty good yeah. job. Okay. Uh, and Bonomo's got some experience back <laughs> Fair. <laughs> uh, Tyler Adams, who's going to be taking his place while, while uh, he's gone? Is Christian Caceres ready to step into the first team? We were talking about this last week and we said no, but he had a really nice performance this week. So what do we think? I say you give him a chance. Yeah, I agree with Bill. Let I say him Tenari play before, but he's not a first team player, right? So yeah, they would be like, but a you loan can loan him up there. That's true. Okay, he's more of a ten than he is a six to me. But I no, I think that he could play anywhere in that midfield. He uh, can, but I, I, you know, yeah, 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 it's true. I, I would, you know, I, I think Chris Lima has performed very well too. But that's I, true. I think, still, I think he's still, still a little too raw to go to the first team. All right. Well, they no, have. You're talking, but no. Whoa! Look, whatever Whoa. whatever take that was was so bad that the world cut him off. Yeah, he's he's gone. <laughs> what, what I was trying to say was, Joe, you're talking, but no one's agreeing with you here, so oh, it's, it's, it's okay. Oh damn! All right. Well, Show we'll, we'll get back to more shenanigans from Merced in a moment. Stick around. We're going to be talking to Brian White. We're back. We are joined now by a man who made Team of the Week in USL this week. It's Mr. Brian White. Brian, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about uh, the game this past weekend, you know, to start things off. Uh, you had a, a, a goal off of a turnover, and that seemed to really set the team off uh, after a couple of games of, of maybe some offensive frustrations. Uh, was, was there a big relief? Uh, when you guys clawed back into the game in the second half? Yeah, I think so. You know, the past few games, we haven't, you know, done as well as we always hoped for and where we kind of hold the standard we hold ourselves to. So, you know, getting more goals always helps, you know, the team around, the, the attitude on the field. And I was happy I could get a goal and keep the team moving forward and try and push for a win. What did you? What did Coach say to you guys at halftime in the locker room? I mean, you guys, you know, seemed to really pile on the pressure the first half. Uh, unfortunate not to get a goal. Did he say anything to you guys specifically to you know get you guys motivated for the second half, or did you guys really you know just know you had the game in hand or in control? Yeah, I think we we looked at a little bit of the game. We know we knew that we were we had a number of chances that could have gone in. I had a, a corner kick. I could have headed in, but. You know, I think we were confident all the way through and just try to stay calm and always trying to believe in, you know, what we do. And we just kept pushing and got a couple goals. You know, there's always that saying when you're a player on offense that um, when you're not scoring goals and the team is not necessarily winning every game, that uh, it's a very frustrating experience. What did, what did you do over this time, especially during the draws, whether it's a training or 
just in your preparation in general to um to keep yourself in a positive mindset to make sure that uh that you are ready for the next game yes uh, you know as a striker you kind of find yourself on you know a number of goals you can score for your team and try and help them win and then when that's not exactly happening it's kind of you kind of have to look at yourself see what you're doing wrong or what you're doing and what you're doing right and just address that in training whether that be extra training i was going in a little bit early during training sessions staying after uh had meetings with some of the uh with john about what i could do better kind of things i can or after training and just pretty much just keep going always staying confident when did you start playing soccer uh from a very young age like the rec league in my town so probably like three or four i was really young and coming up through that system at what point uh did you become involved with the red bulls and maybe even when did you really know that you wanted to pursue this as a career option uh i i didn't start with the red bulls till the freshman after year summer of my freshman year of college i've been with um i think i was nine years old till i left for duke and I think I, it was always something I always wanted to do, be a professional soccer player. It's just I played a number of sports growing up, but soccer was the only one I really had like a real, real passion for. Just always wanted to pursue it. Happy that I can be with the Red Bulls and live in the dream. Do you think playing in the PDL last year, um, you know, playing in, you know, with the Red Bulls, you know, the under-23 team, do you think it helped you prepare for the USL this year? Yeah, I think definitely, especially being with the same team. You know, I kind of learned a little bit of the style that Red Bulls play because it's, it's definitely unique to what a lot of other teams do. And being around this environment and having a couple opportunities to train with the first team, scrimmage the, uh, the second team, just made the transition a little bit uh, a little bit easier and kind of knew what I was getting into kind of thing. So during your goal celebration, it looked – Eerily similar to Leo Messi's celebration um, at the past game. Were you are, are you inspired by the celebrations of some of the the greats in Europe? Uh, I guess, but to me, it's more of the uh, you know I grew up in a Christian household and just you know thanking God was really the main thing. It wasn't that Messi did it per se. It was just just thanking him for everything. Do you remember when you first heard of the Ripples? Uh, probably when I was with PDA playing against them. It was always a big rivalry game. Uh, you know, they were the ones we always wanted to be because, you know, we knew so much about them. They were always top academy in the, in the country pretty much, always won national championships. And, so it was, you know, it was always across the road kind of rivalry we had. And, you know, you're born in 1996, so you are as old as MLS. It's kind of weird now talking to players. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that uh, are now being born after MLS started and, and kind of growing up, um, you know, with the team. So when you f- were really remembering the team, was it as the Metro Stars or as the Red Bulls? Uh, it was as the Red Bulls. You know, I, no one in my family had really played soccer, so they weren't really watching around the house. It was kind of me getting myself into it and finding like different games and leagues to watch. It wasn't until I was a little bit older that I was really starting to invest like my time in watching and studying the games. 
And just to follow that up a little bit, so if if the rest of your family wasn't really watching, was that something you kind of had to coax them into, like uh, getting them interested in the things that you were doing? Yeah. So my dad watched it all the time. Now he grew up in Pittsburgh, never watched soccer, never played <laughs> soccer, and he's always texting me about uh, Liverpool and the other games because I'm a big Liverpool fan. Oh, that's delightful. It's cool to see that. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool to see him get involved, and then my mom's family again, their kids involved now, so it's really cool to see the whole family really getting into the game. That's fantastic. I am also a Liverpool fan, so you're, none of the other guys are, though, unfortunately. <laughs> have, have, have you told him about the river hounds yet? <laughs> What's that? Have you told him about the river hounds? Yeah, yeah, he's already planning on going out there. Oh, that's awesome. For the game. <laughs> oh, Brian, uh, this has been fantastic. Uh, we're now going to su- uh, submit you to the lightning round if you're ready. Okay. Okay, so these are just kind of silly one-off questions, generally one thing or the other. Uh, although, uh, like I said uh, before the interview, you did come up as an answer recently when we were talking to Lucas Soffer, okay. so we'll, we'll go over that at the end. Um, <laughs> okay, first, popcorn, yes or no? Yes. DC or Marvel? What's that? DC or Marvel? Uh, Marvel. Super Mario Brothers or Sonic the Hedgehog? Super Mario Brothers. Star Wars or Star Trek? I've never seen either. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, this is this is uh, where you came up as an answer, and uh, it was Lucas Stauffer who I think maybe threw a little bit of shade at you. Uh, who is the right. who is the least funny Red Bull Two player that thinks they're funny? Wow! <laughs> wow! Definitely Lucas. Uh, oh snap! Definitely Shots Lucas. fired. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, that takes us to the end of the lightning round. Brian, uh, thank you so much for coming on. I like that we have a little rivalry now with Lucas. He did clarify and said that you you at least attempt to make jokes where a lot of others don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to keep, the, keep the mood light, a little bit of banter. There you go. Uh, we wish you uh, nothing but the best this coming weekend against FC Cincinnati, and uh, we hope to have you on the show again soon. All right, thanks very much. And when we come back, we're going to preview the game against FC Cincinnati and talk about some happenings around USL. Stick around. And we're back with our final segment. I, you know, I apologize again, guys, that uh, we're being held hostage by, you know, who he who shall not be named. Uh, uh, nobody. Uh, but okay. <laughs> we're gonna deal. We're gonna deal with you, and uh, hopefully, you know, Joe can learn from your mistakes and and maybe smooth this out a little bit. We're gonna preview the match. You shouldn't be so hard on yourself. Oh, that's right. There's another Joe. <laughs> I just talk to myself all the time. Like this. <laughs> You're you are so annoying today. I think we're gonna lose all of our fans. I think that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> all three of them. All three of you. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. That's the entire Dewan family. Uh, that they're our, our biggest fans, and we're going to lose them all. So thanks, Anthony. They are the best. They are the best. Uh, okay, FC Cincinnati. They are 6-3-2 and two on the year. 
they're they've got a plus five goal differential. Their last five matches, they are three, two, and zero. Oh. Uh, they lost to Louisville and Charlotte most recently, uh, and they beat uh, Indy Eleven, Atlanta Two, and NC FC. Not great teams to beat, but you know they're getting these results. They're doing some of it on the road, which is pretty impressive considering their road form from last season. Uh, they're goal leaders are Danny Koenig. He's got four goals. Newcomer Emmanuel Ledesma, who's been fantastic. He's got four goals. Uh, Nazmi Al-Badawi, he's got three. Kenny Walker's got three. Corbin Bones got three. So, look, they're they're scoring quite a few goals and from a number of sources. Emmanuel Ledesma, who I mentioned before, is also leading the the team with assists, and I believe the league with seven. Corbin Bone is second on the team with two uh Ledesma Argentine uh well I don't think he was an international ever but uh Argentinian player he's uh, a midfield general that team is flowing through him he's been setting up players left and right as I mentioned before uh just looking absolutely fantastic I think last weekend not the not against Louisville but the weekend before I don't remember who they were playing but he had a hand in all four goals that Cincinnati had played uh they've been way better on the road this season uh, they're taking a lot of shots from the perimeter, which is something that has troubled the Red Bulls in the past. Uh, but their defense is a bit vulnerable to teams that can counterattack quickly. So there's a lot of really kind of interesting dynamics at play, especially given uh, the Red Bulls' home form this season. Anthony, let's start with you. What are we going to see out of this match? Is, the, is this a good matchup for the Red Bulls, or do you think that we're really going to get to know whether or not last week was uh, a a blip or is it a trend i don't know if i like your tone but i'm just, I'm just gonna keep going anyway um the i i think this is a trap game for fc cincinnati this has been a big week for them we're gonna talk about things later spoiler mm-hmm. alert with them um but it's uh i think this is their attention is is in so many other places that they're not going to notice um the opposition that's coming in and i think red bull can get can get a good win here if they if they come in with the high energy so just to summarize you think that red bull is a team that cincinnati would be overlooking because of other things that are happening with them right now uh, i i i think at this point there any team walking in there has a has an amazing chance because it is just party time for them, uh, given the recent news. That that would be at home, but they're playing on the road this week, Anthony. They're playing at Red Bull Arena. I don't think it matters. I I, I think that they're. I mean, we're seeing this in Nashville. Like, what's the motivation for these guys right now? Like, they're they're going up next year. Whoops! Spoiler alert. Um, but the uh, you know, it's uh, it's you know, it's it. That, that's what all the news is. That's everybody's congratulating them. Hey, next year, if you're good enough, you're going to be in MLS. Um, that I, I think it's a, it's a really, they're not going to take this game as seriously. It's really hard to considering all the, what all the questions have been and the news and the fans and everything that's, uh, that's been going around. So I think it's a good chance for New York to, uh, keep the momentum going. Okay. Joe Steen, why is Cincinnati going to falter finally on the road? Well, I'm going to partially agree with Anthony. Uh, probably the only time I'm going to be saying that. Ever, You're not but, allowed to um, do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, because if we remember last year when they came to Montclair, they had just played the Open Cup game and they had mm-hmm. lost. And they lost for nothing last year. Um, and they did not look good at all. Um, so I, I called that it, game. Uh, yeah, that's right. You did. I do remember that. <laughs> um, 
No, but, you didn't. It was David Gass. Oh, get out of here. He did do a lot of the heavy lifting for sure. Um, but it is a distraction this year for them. I mean, as far as getting called up, I mean, like Anthony said, do they really have anything to play for? Well, you know, in hindsight, of course they do. I mean, you know, would we would it, wouldn't it be something you know to win you know the USL Cup and then you know be like, oh yeah, we're gone MLS by the way. Um, but I, for some reason, this Red Bull Two team just plays very well at home. I don't know what it is. It seems like they, you know. They just have a different switch that they flip on at home that they can't do on the road. And it's been all in the second half at home this year. I mean, every time it looks like they've been down and, you know, out and out of games, they've just switched. They just flipped the switch. And, you know, I, I think Cincinnati's a good team, but I don't think they've been tested yet on the road. I know they've beaten Indy 11 twice, but, you know, we also saw that, you know, <laughs> Red Bull 2 took care of Indy 11 pretty sure. handily at home. So uh, I think they're a good team, but I think, again, I think Red Bull will catch them on the counter. Again, like last year, uh, even in that second game they played against them, uh, they had a lot of chances, but they were very unlucky in that game. That game probably could have ended in a tie easily, but um, I, I think this team, as far as they've got a lot of confidence going after that, after that win this past weekend, and I think they'll get a result in this game. Okay, fair. And, uh, you know, as we just discussed, they're going to be going up uh, this season. So unless they meet in the playoffs, this is the last time they're traveling to the Red Bulls to play and very likely won't ever play at MSU again. Well, they'll play, well, they'll play well, the Red Bulls. They just won't play Red Bulls, too. Yeah, that's what I mean. They'll be at Red Bull Arena. It's sad. Yeah, okay, so. I just want you to specify. All right, Anthony. Fine. Are you happy Don't now? Announce, are you happy now? The answer is take no. a poll to see how many times Anthony's going to show up to. <laughs> you know, Bill. I hey, I hey, I'm working <laughs> on getting my license now. So watch. I have a bad scary. No, I mean, I'm serious. Watch out because hit by I, I have no idea what I'm doing behind the wheel of a car. Congratulations, <laughs> Anthony. You're doing something that most 16 year olds are doing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I lost it. Thank anyway, you, anyway, all right. Let's let's move on to predictions. Or Bill, do you have do you have anything you want to add about Cincinnati? I think they're going to be a, on the hype train. It's a way game. Uh, Red Bulls too played well against Tampa Bay, which nobody kind of expected that outcome either. So I'm hoping for another big game on Sunday. Red Bulls too are going to win. Okay, all right. Let's do predictions. We'll start with you since you say it's going to be a big win. What do we got? Uh, I'm going four zero. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Bill. And it's going to be 4-0. That's the craziest part about this. All right, uh, Joe Steen. I'm going to say 3-1. Okay. Rebel 2. Obviously. Anthony. I'm not going to agree with Joe Steen at all and say this is going to be a 3-1 game. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not as optimistic. I'm going to call this a 2-2 draw. I think that uh, Cincinnati's offense has been really, really good. And... Uh, I think the Red Bulls can catch them on the counter, but I, I can't imagine that they can keep them off the board all game long. We'll see. We'll see. But I'm going to say, Joe, were you the kind of two, person two. that constantly dropped your ice cream cone as a child? Always. I was the I was the youngest brother, so my ice cream cone wasn't just being dropped; it was being knocked out of my hand. Okay. <laughs> the team has won a championship, unlike some other teams in New York City. That's true. Um, you know, so I think you need to have a little more faith in them. All right. Yeah, look, I I don't have faith in any team I root for ever. It's just the way I am. Everybody knows that. You should be a Yankee fan. <laughs> well, that makes no sense. That Well, I guess growing up as a 90s kid, that would make no sense. I guess now, because the Yankees are terrible and never win, that would be good. But uh, we're the, we're never win. We're no, like but moving on. Moving on. 
<laughs> so FC Cincinnati is has been promoted to MLS. They it regardless of whether or not they win the championship this season, they're they're being promoted to MLS. We know that they've had big crowds. We know what they've done at Nippard Stadium. They got to get their own stadium happening. Uh, and I think that it's not really a question of, of what is that going to look like because we know that they have the fans there and they have the support there. So what what's the downside of this ha- happening? Let's, I guess, start with you, Anthony. Uh, I don't think there is any downside. Oh, I mean, there's a downside to the USL in the sense that they now are losing the biggest draw that, that the league has. And at some point, they need to stop bleeding teams like this. I know that part of what they do is to help teams that have an interest in going to MLS. But at some point, they, they have to stop this, this bleeding because if not, those numbers that they've been pushing so much for attendance are going to see a significant drop. Cincinnati was the thing. Cincinnati and Sacramento in particular were are two of the areas that that have been giving them those big numbers. One hundred percent, and there's still a lot of talk about Sacramento uh, eventually going to MLS, so they're going to lose those attendance numbers as well. Justine, uh, let's talk about on the the uh, sporting side of things. Is there another team in USL that is maybe you know? trying to play that that beautiful soccer type uh, of uh, thing that they're doing in Cincinnati in on the East Coast? Um, for me, it would probably... Uh, Tampa Bay is actually, you know, before the, you know, the coach firing and stuff like that, now they're kind of undergoing a regime change. I see them, you know, they, they kind of... They have some talent there, and they have some guys, you know, that, you know, they try and play, you know... Very, you know, through the midfield, you know, get the ball up, you know, very quick, you know, quick moving, interchanging, a lot of interchanging pieces. Uh, I, I do like the way they play, uh, you know, but, you know, uh, you know, with the whole regime change and everything, you know, it's kind of they're kind of still figuring it out. But I, I before the coach firing, I did like the way they played. Um, but I would say that, you know, we'll have to see what they do. Not as far as in the East Coast, the West Coast. I really do like how Phoenix Rising plays. Um, oh, here we go. You're not going to be another I mean, Anthony, are you? I mean, <laughs> it, I'm not, it's not just about Drogba. I know that's what everybody focuses on, but I really do like the way what they've built over there. It's only taken them like a year and a half, two years to do it, and it really, you know, they've got the great support over there. They really, you know, they really look good going forward. It's really exciting. It's fast paced. You know, they know how to play in that heat out there, which other teams do not, and they come in there and they kind of have some sort of a home field advantage um but i i'm not just saying that you know because you know i cover them but i really really <laughs> like watching them well so here, here's the drug <laughs> here's here's you know. my here's my question for you justine uh and i don't want to get too off track because we're gonna, we have to go back to okay. cincinnati but uh from everything that we've seen from phoenix they've been able to beat the teams that they should like cincinnati uh, right. but anytime they've come up against uh, major opposition they have faltered so is it real, or are they really more of a middle-of-the-pack team, and we'll see that more as the season shakes out? I think they're real. Um, I, I think they had a couple good chances against Swope, and you know they were denied some by some really good saves. Um, you know they, they've had some bad games here and there, but you know I still think they're trying to figure out. You know uh, they have a lot of players on that team that rotate through. You know and. You know they're still trying to figure out. I think what their best lineup is. I still don't think they figured that out yet. Um, and I think I definitely think they're going to be one of the teams in, to be reckoned with in the West this year. 
Okay. Uh, Bill, from a from a, a standpoint of the optics of what the USL looks like if they continue to lose teams like this, is it going to become a less attractive option for, for upstarts that want a kind of backdoor to MLS? I don't think so because it seems like the USL is always gaining new teams each year, so I don't, I don't think there's any need to worry about that. And do you also think that this is... I mean, the I, I, the writing has been on the wall for Columbus Crew all this time, but is this really the death knell that Cincinnati has come to Ohio, so they got to move Columbus along? I was kind of thinking about that. I think we'll be seeing the Austin Crew or Austin FC soon, so there will be no competition in Ohio. I, I love a good alliterative name, but obviously the Aztecs have already been used. So if you could pick <laughs> a name for, for Austin, because you got to pick the Montclair Miners, don't forget. Uh, give me give me an alliterative name for the Columbus crew in Austin. Let's see. I'm going to make it, the team name have the same letters. So the Austin Aliens. There you go. The Austin Aliens. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, they're going to be aliens to winning. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> We, we did all the predictions, yes. Okay, uh, so sure would you agree that everyone says thumbs up Cincinnati moving to MLS? Absolutely. Good move. Yeah, sure, whatever. Happy for them. Okay. Moving on. The only thing good to come out of Ohio is the Coney. Oh. And LeBron James. Yeah, wow. I was going to say LeBron. <laughs> Damn. Okay. <laughs> Don't agree with me, Joe. Ottawa Fury. I know it seems weird that we're talking about them, but we are. They are now five games unbeaten. No goals conceded in that time. Is it just that the competition they're they're playing hasn't been very good, or have they finally figured things out? And are they going to maybe be one of those teams that sneaks up the table that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago? Uh, Justine, what do you think? Um, they definitely could sneak up the table. They're very very stout defensively. Uh, you know, they we saw them them give Red Bull two uh, Red Bull two trouble, um, and they were able to beat Bethlehem, who crushed Red Bull 2 a week earlier. So, I mean, it, you know, they've got some wins that, you know, and some draws that, you know, were impressive. Uh, as long as they maintain, you know, their defense and, you know, continue to shut out teams, I mean, hey, Penn FC's doing it. So, I mean, that's true. Take and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is, yeah, is Pittsburgh, Bob Lillying yeah. up the table. Uh, Anthony, Maxime Cripeau, uh, is he a candidate for uh, USL goalkeeper of the year this early? Uh, you preface it by saying this early. If you had not said that, I would have said something different. I think this early, yes, I, I think so. Although, like Joe Steen, you know, who is probably, I'm, I still don't believe he's a real person. I think, I, I think that you're being a ventriloquist here. But anyway, <laughs> um, the uh, that um, their defense is pretty stout, so I think that he's he's playing very confident ball behind a really good backline thus far and yes the competition may not be exactly right there so we'll see but i could agree with that uh with Crepo. i do um I, I do like seeing him play because he was one of those uh, montreal fc montreal guys that um have been scattered around the league so it's really good to see him uh making something of himself here in the usl i do agree with that it, it is is good to see those fc montreal guys that didn't completely fall off and Crepo arguably should be playing in mls uh, Evan Bush is not so great. Um, Bill, Ottawa, are they going to finish? Are they going to be in the playoffs? Of course. 
All right, you heard it here. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Moving on, Los Dos. They when we when we previewed their match against the Red Bulls, they had scored one goal on the season. One goal. They were so bad that there was not a stat for how bad they were on the USL site. Now they are second in the league after the emergence of Efron Alvarez and um, oh, who scored the four goals last week? Why Zubac? Ethan Zubac. What the heck is happening over there? They're still not winning games. Their record's not great. It didn't improve that much. Uh, but from a development standpoint, should we be excited about what uh, LA is producing? I'll start with you this time, Anthony. Should we be excited? Yeah, I no. mean, as like soccer should fans they in this country. Be excited? Yes. <laughs> I know that you hate international <laughs> soccer, okay? But I'm talking How do you about seven three to the Timbers, though. Portland Timbers two beat them seven three. Timbers are nasty Friday. this year. We're gonna go over that. It's in not the next about one. wins and losses, Bill. It's about player development. Um, the uh, <laughs> the um, look, they, they're developing. They, they've got some young talent that they've been able to hold on to for the first time in a long time. Um, and you know, they're, they're not doing much right there in, in LA these days, but they're doing right by holding on to the kids that they have and, uh, giving them some significant minutes so that at some point they can sell them off so that they can buy, I don't know, um, who's, who's old in, in Europe that wants to come to MLS. Gigi Buffon. <laughs> he doesn't want to come to MLS, but I'm trying to hey, get they, someone they, old. They need a, they, they need a goalie. Yeah, a fair. Bingham is okay. He's not very good, but okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. You were just you were just crapping on so many goals. You're gonna say Bingham is just okay? What do you mean? That was what? What was I doing? You were crapping on some other goalies earlier, and you're gonna say that like Bingham is just okay. Bingham's awful. I don't think he's awful. There there are moments where he's he's good, but he is prone to big mistakes at the worst times. He's not Tim Howard bad, but he's right. still pretty bad. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, Anthony. Not Anthony. Bill. Los Dos. Are they going to be a team that is going to lead the league in scoring and not make the playoffs? Most likely. Joe Steen. Efron Alvarez. Future uh, US mnt Or are they going to lose out on him and he's going to go to his, I believe his native country is Mexico. I hope he's a future United States men's national team player. I really do. Um, it's hard to say right now. Hopefully they don't make the same mistake that they did with um, – I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now. Gonzalez, right? Gonzalez, yes. Hopefully they don't make the same mistake and hopefully they get him into the <laughs> cap tide as quick as possible. Okay. You heard it here first. Uh, before we move on to the worst topic that we have to talk about today, uh, we, we were talking about Timbers 2. They beat Real, Real Monarchs SLC, who have absolutely been the best team in the West. No no question about it. Their slip-up in Tampa Bay aside, they've been as close to perfect as you can expect uh, from a team that won the Western Conference last season. However, they travel up to, to Portland. The Timbers only beat them one nothing. okay? But they had two penalty kicks. Uh, one was saved. One was way off target. And this could have been much, much worse. And, you know, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about Timbers who were terrible last season are now looking like they could maybe sneak up to the top of the the table. Are they are they for real? Is this something that uh, is a flash in the pan for this season? Can they sustain success with a model similar to 
uh, what we've seen with other MLS two teams because there's so much turnover. Justine, what do you think? Um, I think they'll they'll have success this season. It's really going to come down to who they decide you know is ready for the first team or not. Uh, ne- uh, after this year, if they can maintain it, but I really think they're the real deal this year. I I really liked of what they've done. Um, as we saw, uh, Josh Phillips made the team of the week. He had a really good game against the Real Monarchs. Um, I really do like this team, though. I think they're probably the best team in the West, and I'll go as far to say that right now. Wow! All right, that's that's high praise, Bill. Are they gonna, are they going to be top of the West at the end of the season? At this rate, I'm going to say yes, and I also think it's weird that you know when we look at the table, we don't see the Swole Park Rangers in first place. On the it West. is weird. That's what we're used to seeing. They were they had a, a rough couple of matches there. I don't think they've been bad, but they they certainly fell down the table quite a bit. Anthony, I think the USL is glad about that somewhat. <laughs> Are we just seeing uh, uh, Portland buoyed by MLS sort of castoffs like uh, Espria, or do you think that? The, the younger guys are getting it done there. I think the younger guys are getting it done, but I, I'm not buying them as the top of the Western Conference. I think that they're going to be up there, top three, but I don't think they're going to be at the very top. Okay, if you're going to give me your breakdown of the top three teams in the West, who are they? When the season is over? No, no, right now, right now. Um, I'm definitely saying, even though the Los Real Monarchs are up there, mm-hmm. I think Sacramento Republic have been good. Yes, they've been streaky, but they've been they've been really good. And I and you know the the same way your um, your ventriloquist puppet said, uh, Phoenix Rising FC. I'm 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 all in on that. By the way, how do you do that <laughs> that whole thing by talking the same time as your ventriloquist puppet? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink water right now. Watch. He didn't speak. You were supposed to speak, Justine. <laughs> see there's the proof right there see i knew it there's all along he can't improv Goldstein is joe goldstein knew he, it all along yes and um <laughs> okay now uh we've got the yucks out we need to talk about the actual yucks uh today uh, a report came out about the real monarchs head coach uh this is gross guys uh i'm not sure if anybody has been following along with what's happened uh, but uh, he, there are allegations that he assaulted his girlfriend and then offered her money to stop speaking to prosecutors and police. This whole thing is its just bad news. Mark Briggs, uh, he's 36. He took over for Mike Petke. Uh, and, uh, okay, so here he, I'm going to break down the story of, of what happened. Uh, Hymason Alavi is going to be taking over the team during this uh, because Briggs is suspended now. Uh, but this whole thing dates back to August and November when this first, first started to happen. Uh, Marissa Hankins, who is or was his girlfriend, uh, is alleging that he uh, basically leapt out of bed. Uh, well, all right, let me let me read exactly what happened because this is it's a lot. Uh, they were lying in bed with their young daughter. Uh, Hankins attempted to grab Briggs's cell phone so he would pay attention to her. Uh, at that point, he, according to Hankins, he jumped out of the bed, uh, pulled his arm out from under their daughter, uh, lunged at her, called her some choice names, grabbed her by the neck with his right hand, uh, and was pushing her toward the bathroom. She broke a mirror, 
and he had his hands around her throat. This is all really awful, awful stuff. Uh, basically telling her that he was going to kill her. Again, this is this is alleged. This is not something that's uh, been proven yet. This is what's in the report coming from Hankins while this is still ongoing. This is awful. And apparently, uh, I guess to keep things from getting worse, uh, he agreed to pay her um, $60,000, according uh, to this report, that the coach was given that from an RSL representative to give to Hankins to relocate herself and her children outside of Utah. They were going to pay her money to leave the state. This is like, uh, it doesn't get much worse than this. And I, I'm i angry and appalled. And I know that, that this is just this first report and this side of the story. But, I mean, look at everything that's happening around this and the money that, that was paid to her. She did receive uh, $31,000. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. But before we go any further, yeah. because you know this 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 story, you know, used it angers you. It infuriated it infuriates me because this is the kind of scenario that this isn't even this is a no brainer. You when this happens, an accusation like this happens, instant suspension, and it doesn't take long to figure out how this goes. If there's mm-hmm. a if if it, it 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 makes me so upset that in the world of entertainment we still have this battle of well, allegedly people get fired for a lot less than allegedly. Yeah. Normal human beings don't have issues where someone accuses them of assault or when their significant other accuses them of assault. We may have disagreements. We may have all kinds of things happen. Normal functional human beings do not have these kinds of stories happening. And the fact that there's even a suggestion of paying off this girlfriend so that she can move to another state is the most ridiculous thing ever. And the fact that right now he's not fired is is yeah. so detrimental to the Monarchs ownership and to the Real Salt Lake ownership. And they, they are an absolutely abysmal group right now because of this. And... I absolutely think that, you know, obviously they suspended him and they've they've moved on with this thing while it's now coming to a head because it's so public. But they've known for months uh, about yeah. these allegations and did nothing. Uh, and uh, apparently were complicit in the way that they were carried out uh, and their support of of Mark Briggs. And should these allegations prove true, there's a lot that they're going to have to reckon with. But uh, I think this is atrocious. And I, I would like to see some sh- sanctioning, whether it's from MLS or USL, uh, over the behavior. Because it, it's something that absolutely cannot be tolerated. Yeah, that, that sounds just about this. Yeah, I can't, I can't say much more. You guys pretty much hit the nail on the head with it. Yeah, this is awful. As a human being, if any of this is okay with you, you, you really need to seek help. This is some bad stuff. Woo, what a way to end a show, right? Uh, <laughs> we don't have any questions uh, this week uh, or uh, emails to read. We're still being held hostage by Anthony Merced, as I mentioned at the top. 
Anthony, I'm going to allow you to speak one last time uh, before the end of this. Are you ready? Just kidding. I hung up on him. He's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (sighs) Feels good to be, to be rid of him. Uh, Sorry. By the way, if anybody actually thinks that, um, (laughs) and that's just typical Anthony, just trolling away. I don't, I don't know if he knows anything else but trolling, but I mean, I want to hear Anthony sing. I'm trolling away uh, to the tune of "Sailing Away" by Styx. I'm trolling away, (laughs) setting Twitter on fire every night and day. Um. Okay, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at underscore Joe Goldstein. I'm at Bill TNJ. I'm at Jaystein15. And of course, if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we're at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. I'll even throw in, uh, you can follow Anthony at NYC Sports World. I believe that's correct. It's not Soccer World anymore. Is that correct? Yeah, right. I kind of feel that way, but I also, you know, if I'm going to throw him a plug, I'm going to do it right. He hacked the show. He doesn't get a plug. That's true. It's it's hard for me to let go. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, you you don't understand, okay? I I understand. Uh, it, it's NYC Sports World. Okay, uh, you can follow us at facebook.com slash raisingbulls. You can go to raisingbulls.com where you can find all of our episodes and send us emails to questions at raisingbulls.com. That's questions at raisingbulls.com. Where can you send us emails? questions at raisingbulls.com feel free to say anything uh let us know uh if we really annoyed you with anthony and his shenanigans this week and we'll do our best to mitigate that in the future you can find us on itunes and stitcher Ooh, what happened to me there itunes and stitcher or anywhere you get your podcasts please find us rate us review us remember the hashtag is merced out <laughs> we're on the beautiful game network at bgn.fm they've got great shows and they keep adding shows it's ridiculous now there's a orange and black podcast for ocsc uh rising is one i mentioned in the past for phoenix rising Steen, that's right up your alley uh the unused substitute which i think is uh north carolina oh no that's six point weekend is north carolina fc uh play the kids timbers two tornado alley tulsa roughnecks and so on and so forth and of course the usl show which you guys really should be tuning into Last but not least, we want to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Uh, for myself, Anthony Merced, Bill Toomey, and uh, Joe Steen in his first uh, full-time appearance. Congrats, Joe. Way to go. <laughs> Sorry you had to put up with Anthony the way you did. Uh, you know what? I'm used to it. Anthony's like a little brother. You just want to punch, but it's okay. He's so much older than you. <laughs> All right. He's like a big brother. You want to, you want to punch. Is, that, is, that, is that better? I guess so. Uh, thank you very much and have a good night. Double slow claps. What does it mean? <laughs> okay.